Hello, everybody, and welcome to the SAP Learning Insights podcast mini-series called Texture, or Texture. Uh, I'm David Chaviano, as always. In this mini-series, we will be co-hosting with Magdalena Glass. Uh, it will be an exploration of future skills and technology that are relevant to newcomers and students who are interested in entering the tech sector. As always, with the SAP Learning Insights podcast, the perspective will be beginner-friendly and start from the bottom up when it comes to any complex concepts. Now let's introduce our co-host, Magdalena. Hi, Magdalena. Hi, David. Um, I'm really excited for this podcast as this will be some kind of journey for me as well as for the listeners. As I personally face in my academic time, the past and society, and when I dip into my work in SAP, I can see innovation, technology, which is always a new field I enter. Which is why it's also exciting that in our podcast, we're having guests that are students, just like me, and veterans that are experts on their very own field. So we're mixing expertise with fresh perspectives. In this combination, we want to inspire you and invite you into a journey into our SAP ecosystem. So in our first episode, we want to discuss why future skills matter. Therefore, we invited Miriam Imran, communications designer at SAP, because when we initially talked about this topic, she wanted to first state why it matters before going into the details of it. So um, before we dive in, Miriam, can you please introduce yourself? Hi, everybody. I'm Miriam, and I'm currently working at SAP as a communication designer. And I recently graduated from my master's, and my thesis topic was future skills. Okay. Um, so what maybe inspired that initial topic and why you wrote about it? We're going to go a little bit into that into the podcast, but maybe we'll get a little bit of a background to start off. Yeah, it's actually basically my bachelor's was also in design, mm -hmm. but it was a very different kind of design and my perception about the capabilities of this particular field was very limited. And I thought with design, you're more or less looking at aesthetics or function, but that's where it ends. And this master's degree basically expanded my horizons and that's how I got to future skills. Okay. And I understood that design is capable of tackling wicked challenges and future skills are basically essentials to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. So that's how I basically stepped into this topic. Okay, sounds good. At the start of this mini series of podcasts, we want to do a, a small sort of set of standard questions we want to get to know our guests by. So we'll, we'll name that our ASAP round. Magdalena, you want to start with the first question? Yes, definitely. So the first question, what unconventional or non-existent technological gadget would you like to have during your studies? Hmm. Interesting question. Now I'm thinking about all the gadgets that are almost non-existent now. Um, I'm not sure if this falls under that category, but a DVD It's not like DVD, a DVD player, or those Walkmans or the things that you could put cassettes in. I think those are really helpful because a lot of times when I was in this particular course, in the master's one, I would often have to go back and listen to the interviews, the user interviews that we were conducting, and it was really helpful when... Like with laptops, yes, you you have to do. And then there is a lot 
else that's also going on. You have multiple tabs open, but I remember that with Walkmans and uh, DVD players, the portable ones, it was very efficient. I hope that answers your question, maybe a little bit. It's a really interesting answer as it's more unconventional rather than non-existent. Mm -hmm. Okay. So for the next one, if skills were downloadable, which one would you pick? So like uploading a skill matrix style, you just, you click one, you pick something, you plug it into your head and then there it goes. I would choose critical thinking any day. I think even though it's looked at as a very basic but yet essential skill, I think it's the most important one out of all because it also has a very important role to play in other skills. For instance, when we talk about digital literacy or even adaptability, because both of these require thinking in order to change pathways and to analyze because we're living in this day and age where technology is everywhere. The choices we make and how we consume and analyze information from online sources, this is a very important skill. Sounds like a very wise choice. And last but not least, a bit out of the order question. If you are a sci-fi fan, whether you are or not, I would be interested if your picture of the future would rather be bright or dark, because when we talk on our future skills, we also think of the application of them in the future. And I know young people, including me, sometimes scared on the future. So I was interested in your perspective. I think if I bring in the topic of future skills a little bit to answer this question, there are two ways of looking at the future. One is, for instance, for me, it's bright. Because, and that's why I think future skills is very important because they help you look at the bright side of the future. Because otherwise, with, for instance, like these technological inventions in AI, a lot of people are worried that they're going to lose their jobs and the future is going to be very catastrophic. And with, for instance, climate change that's going on. So it's not very good, but it's not bright or dark. But when you have these analytical skills, when you have these thinking skills, they help you see how you can have the good future, the bright one. So for me, in a nutshell, it's bright. That's great to hear. So now to come into the discussion of this episode's topic, David was already starting the question. Now we would like to go a bit further and ask him what got you interested into the topic of future skills? Because personally, as my major is history and sociology, it never touched me in any way. But of course, during my work in SAP, I was getting aware of this topic as well. So what inspired you? Okay. So um, I briefly mentioned how my bachelor's was also in design. I did furniture design. So it's basically uh, more or less product design. And the most important thing in that particular program was the form and then the function. So that's what I thought that design is. And when I was applying for my master's, I was looking into like interior design programs and maybe marketing. But when I eventually found this program and I came here, it was completely different from what I thought design is. It basically was a way of solving problems. So my first project in the university was on climate change, which 
is something that I, the bachelor me, would never have associated with design. And we basically had to come up with strategies to sort of uh, mitigate climate change and also to motivate donors to contribute towards uh, projects that mitigate climate change. And similarly, this is actually the main, I would say, the driver, which made me realize that, okay, this is what design is capable of. And then when I started looking into thesis topics, I wanted to make sure that, actually not make sure, but at least start bringing this topic more in front of everybody so that more fields of design can include future skills in their programs. Well, actually, let me explain it in another way by going a little bit more into my thesis. So what I basically did was I used global challenges, which include like climate change and the environmental challenges and technological. And for instance, we have AI now, and I use them as a lever to communicate the importance of future skills. And this is something that this particular design program taught me that these are the problems that you need to tackle. And in order to tackle these problems, you need to have these skills. So that's how I reached there. And the whole part of me talking about my background in design, it was a whole journey, so which led me to this point where I decided to then focus a little bit more and through my thesis, not look at it just as a thesis topic or a thesis project, but a conversation starter for the university and for whoever actually gets to read my thesis that these skills are very important. And although I come from a design background, but whatever field you are in, you are no longer looking at focused areas. Like if you're a designer, you're not no longer only looking at products. If you're an engineer, you're not only looking at your specialized field, but you're using your skills to tackle these complex challenges. And in order to be able to do them uh, successfully, you need to master these skills. Thank you for that so far. As you was writing your thesis, you was also getting a lot into research. And in my personal perception, I was thinking that especially for students and the job market, future skills are an aspiring topic. Would you say so in the academic context as well? Um, I do completely agree. The job market, it's not that it will be required in the future, that the need has already started showing. And a lot of job descriptions now ask for these skills. So it has started becoming important. And now academic institutions are also realizing the need and are trying to incorporate them in their curriculum. And when you mentioned my research, like I told you that it was more focused towards these wicked challenges. So basically, wicked challenges are problems that have no immediate solutions. So that's something that we as a global society are facing right now. And which is why the need which is seen for future skills is rising tremendously. I keep mentioning uh, environmental challenges like climate change and technological inventions like AI, because these are basically reshaping the way we work. And also 
with, for instance, for environmental issues, it's causing a lot of, like people are now moving to other countries to find work and there's a lot of change. And to tackle these challenges and to also be able to grow in times when we're suffering from these the need for skills is rising and that's what academic institutions are realizing and that's what i was also able to find throughout my research so what you say especially for example because the debate around climate change has become so popular now a lot of people are being invested in it that the awareness for the need of future skills is there or would you see other reasons why this topic is so aspiring the It's part of the reason. I wouldn't say it's the only reason. But yes, it plays a very big role because when you talk about challenges that are this big, we also talk about the first thing is to identify that there is a problem or there's a challenge. And then the second step is to talk about how can we handle it? And that's where you start talking about which skills are required, which expertise are required. So future skills are not all soft skills. They have also some very technical skills. And you can see these, especially with AI that we have right now, the need or requirement or the demand for basic repetitive cognitive tasks has gone down and people are more needed for these higher level jobs, which requires analysis and climate change is one of them if you want to find a solution for it. So yes, one reason is climate change. Two is similar challenges that now not just organizations, but countries are looking at. Okay. So would you be able to list out maybe let's let's get a couple bullet points out there of concrete skills that people who are new to the job market need to start focusing on or maybe all of us i would actually start by telling you the three major skills that i focused on in my thesis mm -hmm. the first one was critical thinking like i mentioned it's also my favorite or go-to skill and the other one is uh, digital literacy because it's an essential skill in today's time when we are surrounded by technology. And when we talk about digital literacy, it's not just having the ability to operate digital platforms, but also to communicate, to consume, to analyze, and to also create information. And it also includes then media ethics, which is, I think we all saw what happened in COVID when there was a lot of misinformation and people believed it because they lacked one, critical thinking and two, again, critical thinking in the digital sphere. And the third one was adaptability. Mm -hmm. In one of the workshops that I attended while I was doing research for my thesis, an expert for future skills came in to talk about the need. And she mentioned how the current workforce will change up to seven different professions and 30 different jobs. So that's a lot of change. In order to be able to grow through that change, adaptability is a very important skill. So these are the three skills that I identified as the most important mm -hmm. for any field. 
Okay. Just to, to hang on to that last point, adaptability, do you have any tips or pointers on how to learn that? So my impression has always been that being adaptable is maybe something that's a fundamental nature to a personality. I never looked at it as a skill for some reason. So do you have any ideas or, or, or tips for, for the listeners out there how they can become more adaptable if they tend to like to stay in their comfort zone a bit? Yeah, it's basically, I completely agree with you that it's even I also believe that it's something that you have naturally, or if you don't have it, then you don't have it. But there's indeed a skill, it's a meta skill. But to develop at least the three skills that I mentioned, we cannot follow the traditional teaching or learning approach, which is through textbooks or examinations or those kind of things. It's more learning by doing. So adaptability comes when you get involved in different projects that challenge your own perspective, your own opinion. And again, here, critical thinking again comes in, even in adaptability, because you need to first analyze that what other perspectives are there. And then if you understand that maybe another one is more legitimate, then you have to adapt to that particular perspective. When you're shifting or moving between different jobs, different industries, that's another way of learning how to be more adaptive or working on different projects, even when you're in academia, because that exposes you to a lot of different, I wouldn't just say projects, but also industries. I would uh, give you an example of one of the expert interviewees for my thesis, and uh, she was working for BCG. And she told me that one of the, in her opinion, the main skill is adaptability. And then she went on to talk about how the work on different projects every six months and each of those projects are from a completely different industry one might be from pharmaceutical and another would be maybe automotive so to be able to quickly get acquainted and adjust in that other project you need to be more adaptive and that's you have to put yourself in those positions even if Currently, you don't have the options to have multiple projects, but voluntarily, when you're working in a team and you're doing something which is not exactly your responsibility, but doing it so that you can learn, those are like the initial steps that you, I think, can take in order to start learning how to be adaptive. So to, if tomorrow you have to do that task that your coworker is currently doing, it's not something that you been doing, then you would know. Mm -hmm. And it's also about developing a mindset that, yes, I can change and I can grow when I change. Okay. Yeah. So I expect a level of humility would be required here. To, so the willingness to throw yourself into unfamiliar situations, potentially fail, potentially make a fool of yourself in front of your colleagues, that sort of thing. All that stuff helps you uh, learn and develop and grow. So Exactly. As in life, you find a lot of development, unfortunately, and, and the more painful stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, um, so to what extent does a job candidate's geographic location industry impact what they should be taking away from this podcast? Would you say these three key skills that you've listed, are those universal across all industries, all geographies um, going forward into the future? Mm, yes. For some industries, creativity and innovation would be another one. But these three are 
found in each and every one of those skills. Future skills are divided into three categories, object-related, which means a personal development, and then uh, project-related and then organizational. So even though like these three skills that I mentioned fall into one of these categories, but not just with my thesis topic, but uh, based on my experience of working in the industry and also like in academia, I believe that these three skills are required for all others as well. And when we talk about remote work, especially, then digital literacy and adaptability is essential. Okay. And maybe just to reiterate for the audience, that would be critical thinking, digital literacy, adaptability. Mm -hmm. Okay. Moving on to the next part, as you already mentioned, Learning future skills is more like a learning by doing. And I was wondering where you would see the responsibility of education in supporting students shaping these kind of skills or this kind of skill set. Um, I think when we talk about academia, it's very important now that we get them out of the textbook world and make them familiar with the actual issues that are out there and make them familiar with the real world, basically. And all the programs, all the courses should incorporate those real world challenges and so that students are triggered to to think, to analyze, to also have conversations and to also fail because you do not have the right or wrong in when you're talking about real world problems that have no immediate answers. And it's also, you mentioned failing in front of your colleagues. Failure is one other important point that I think academia can come in and play a very important role here by telling students that it's okay to fail. I know that it's something that has already started to happen but it's still not happening at that level where you're not afraid to fail because when that happens, you're more likely to use creative thinking skills. You're more likely to use critical thinking skills. You're more likely to go and find more out-of-the-box, unconventional solutions. Mm -hmm. And would you also say that maybe in looking back at your time in university, you've been already taught future skills while it was not really mentioned to be future skills. When I think, for example, in history, we look at texts coming from hundreds of years ago and we need to prove or find out or get close to the truth whether they are authentic or not, which is not directly a real future skill, but a step to there, would you say future skills being taught without being named future skills? Uh, if I talk about my own personal experience, that was exactly the case. I wasn't told. I had one initial workshop when I started the program where they introduced us to uh, the topic of future skills, but that was it. And then later on, like two years later, when I decided to do my thesis on this topic, I was told that we had a workshop initially. But the reason why it stuck with me, the topic stuck with me, is because we kept using it without knowing. And like you mentioned with your major, it is actually a future skill when you talk about verifying the information that you to make sure that you're as close as possible to what is true. 
connecting to that, I'm thinking a bit about my teenage as well, when you were sitting in class. And of course, in my age, and I guess now children are even way younger than I was using smartphones, using the internet, using social media. Do you think future skills become relevant when they enter the academic sphere? Or would you also support my statement that somehow future skills should already be included in the normal pre-academic education? Here, I think there, one, yes, I completely agree with you that it should be there in pre-education as well. But since future skills cover a large number of skills, like if we talk about the McKinsey's version of future skills, there are approximately 52 skills in 13 different skill groups. So that's some of them you cannot actually develop outside of academia, for instance, if you talk about the real technical skills, but other soft skills and uh, leadership skills and communication skills and thinking skills and ethical skills, these are something that you can start at a very early age so that when students come in higher education, they're already familiar with it. I'll just give you an example of what I faced. So critical thinking is not something that's basically present in academia, mostly because when we're presented with, uh, especially in preschool and middle school, because we are presented with one single narrative, which is either of the lecturer, the teacher, or maybe if it's a, if it's a book, then about the author, and we're supposed to agree with it. And that's how we grow up, believing that narrative is the only true one without ever challenging it or even knowing that, you know, that there is a possibility that we can challenge it. And then when you come into work positions where you're asked to challenge or analyze, you are not really sure because that's not something that you have learned. So it's very important that you start learning the skills that can be. This applies to the skills that can be learned in preschool. And also maybe even before that, when maybe this would also become an important topic for parenting, that you start developing some of these skills in children, even before they start going to school. And then by the time they get to higher education, where technical skills are, they need to learn those, then yes, that can only be done in academia. And that's so interesting that you're mentioning, including it into parenting as well. But furthermore, you was mentioning something that made me look back into my school time. So it was predominantly knowledge-based, what I learned there. And it was something like, you've been told this is the truth and you believe this is the truth. And when I started university, the first thing I've learned was there is nothing like the truth. You can just try to get close to it. Um, so do you think even pre-academic education could change to a way that it's not knowledge-based, but rather on helping children to find a way to shape their skills? Definitely. I think it's very important that these skills come into, like they get familiar with them when they're in preschool. Because I think when you're presented with them, for instance, when you're in the university, one, it's very overwhelming. And two, you might never approach it because you think it's something that requires a lot of work and you need to maybe go back and learn. And it's because a lot of people are scared of future skills. They think it's something that's 
like one it's an it's a really unfamiliar term right now because these are also called VUCA skills for the VUCA world and these are also called 21st century skills so one thing is that there's a lot of confusion about what exactly they are and then when people only find out about them when they're either in university or have started working it's a little overwhelming but when students are in preschool, children in preschool are already familiar and they question everything they have. Uh, they work on real life projects in their class courses, even if they're not as serious as climate change, but challenges that are suitable for children. But when they are designed in a way that students are made to think, to cross question the perspectives and to present their own narratives, that's how you can become more uh, adaptable as well when this is something that you were learning from a very young age. Yeah, that's true. Like we always say, especially in regards to languages, the younger you are, the better you are in learning. But nevertheless, life is somehow a path of learning and you should never stop with it. So if you learn in a young age how to learn, it will be always easier, I think. Mm -hmm. And not just how to learn, but also how to think. Indeed. And you mentioned a lot of pre-academic learning, and I want to just sort of take the whole, I guess, schooling thing uh, in, in one package and understand what role it's going to play in the future. So where we have large language models and AI-generated content, eventually we are already at a state where we can have sort of our own personal assistants. I think in the future we're probably going to evolve into personal teachers that are artificially intelligent that could probably diagnose areas that we need more help in, for example, uh, in a personalized manner. In light of that, what role can academia play in that future? Will it become obsolete? Well, one thing is that the only thing that technology cannot replace is the human contact. And one of the skills, uh, not you will find it in some of the some of the future skill websites or research. Empathy is a very important skill especially when you're in uh, people facing roles if you're i mean especially if if i talk about my own field in design when you're designing for other people i mean it sounds very cliche but trying to make the world a better place empathy is one of the most important skills and that's something that yet technology has not been able to teach that's so that's that would be one thing that can come from teachers the other thing is the verification of those personalized course contents and everything that, that you just mentioned that students can have, but whether they follow the ethics, the guidelines, how relevant they are, how should they be curated, that's where academia again comes in. So those are the two main areas where I think teachers and learning institutions will have to play a very important role because technology, if used correctly, it can uh, create amazing opportunities and customize uh, learning content for students. But if not, then it can also be very, very devastating if there is no direction in the content that's being created for them, curated for them. Um, especially in our context, technology and digitalization are really important. And as you mentioned, the human component is really so important. Looking at future skills as well, um, looking at emotional intelligence. And 
How would you say are future skills connected to technology and digitalization? Well, like I said, some of them are directly related. For instance, digital literacy is one skill which is directly related to uh, technology and digitalization. And that's if you remember when COVID happened and just all of us were pushed into a digital working environment, it was very difficult for us to adjust and to also adapt and get familiar with this new working environment when we, where we were sitting miles away from our teammates and we were working. And then when people who did not possess this particular skill were not able to grow or to sustain that time period, most of the jobs were remote and people did struggle. A lot of people did lose their jobs. And when we talk about what digital literacy also teaches you is how to utilize technology, because it's a very important skill. I would actually say it's essential for navigating through the rapidly changing digital landscape, because it's not just about learning a particular platform or a software, because When we talk about technology or the technological landscape, it's constantly evolving. So when we talk about future skills that are directly related to this technology and digitalization, skills like digital literacy help you to stay up to date, to align your own learning pace with the pace of technology and to have this ability to adapt to the newest technology that's coming in and how to not just use it or jump on the bandwagon, but also to understand how can I use it to make my work processes more efficient? How can I use it to tackle issues that are causing problems on a global level or organizational level to be able to basically utilize technology to benefit the organization and yourself. And then there are other skills which are not directly related. When, for instance, we talk about creativity and innovation, that would be one. And also empathy. But empathy, when we talk about empathy, yes, it's very easy when we have to exhibit empathy in person. But in a digital sphere, it's a skill and it's essential. You need to learn it. So there, some of the skills are directly related and some of them have an important role to play, but they're not directly related to technology and digitalization. Okay, this was quite a lot input and I had the feeling before and you just confirmed it again that the topic of future skills is quite complex. So to wrap up our today's discussion, could you maybe give a tip and advice how students interested in shaping their future skills and advancing their skill set, how can they identify it beside the universal skills of critical thinking, of digital literacy, and of adaptability, what skills they need for themselves? I think future skills, like I also said in the beginning, in my opinion, are tools that help you navigate through uncertainty. And that uncertainty can be regarding your organization even your personal life or whatever major you end up des uh, deciding to do, whatever field that you're working in, or if you're 
even like looking at global issues, you just have to identify what your uncertainty is and then analyze what exactly is required for like those specific skills that are required. And these three that I mentioned help and support you to do that, to find the main skills that you need to tackle your own uncertainty. So like one thing that I always tell people is to embrace the uncertainty, but be prepared. And that's the prepared part is where future skills coming. And being prepared does not mean being reactive, but rather proactive. So you need to be two steps ahead of your uncertainty. Future skills also includes futures thinking, which is another field which is professionally taught, which helps you forecast different futures and then work your way from now till that time so you can reduce the uncertainty, identify what would you need, what skill you would need in order to either, if it's a dystopian future, then to prevent it. If it's a utopian, then how to, what skills do you need to get there? So it's a lot of self-analysis, a lot of also, I would say, networking, mentoring. These things, I think, really help you identify which skills you need to learn. And on top of that, those three skills enable you. They help you make more informed decisions if not completely accurate. Okay. I think at the start of this podcast, we started off with, I guess, a beginner's focus. But I I think um, in the end, these three skills are universally applicable to anybody, regardless of where they stand in their career, because um, we're all headed into the same future together. So Miriam, appreciate your time and your expertise on this topic. Thanks for joining. Thank you for inviting. When I started working on my thesis, I just wanted one thing, which was to start this conversation that wouldn't end on future skills and their need. So I hope it was helpful. Yeah. Indeed, it was. Thanks. Thanks, Miriam, as well. If you want to keep the discussion going, we're ending now. You can feel free to join the Beginner's Corner in our SAP community or get in contact with us. Links you can find in the show note. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.